This episode of Verbal Tap brought to you by NogiBJJGear.com. Use the promotional code VerbalTap15 to get 15% off of your order. Do it! I have returned a married human being, spent two weeks in a 23-foot travel trailer, still married, so good sign. First month's the hardest, which means it is time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way easier from outside the cage. I am your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Rafa Sparza. Raf, I missed a lot. How are you? You Okay. I'm okay. I feel bad because we did do two episodes without you. Oh, really? And mm. I definitely uh, don't feel bad. Good news is didn't have service at the Grand Canyon, so <laughs> couldn't even see the betrayal. <laughs> Feels good just to arrive back to it. I will tell you that the people that we did get to do over under Kevin without Kevin. Yeah. Um, I think you would have beaten them this time, Kev. Oh, F yeah. What was the, I guess let's, so the theme of this episode was how many questions did I get? You get 10 questions to ask me Perfect. because you not only were without reception, but up until maybe a few days ago, you didn't even know what was going on in the world. So you've come back to very strange circumstances, Kev. And I've been in what I have been calling electoral college purgatory for the better part of. And I realize my brethren, country, and sistren, and theydren, we're all stuck in this cauldron of full moon witchcraftery that turned out into our first question. Who is president currently and about to be? Uh, depends. What state do you live in? I live in Colorado. Then it's definitely Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, it is. They announced that shit hot and fire. It was also, they announced Cory Gardner's oust too. And that poor guy, for someone who voted with, this is all that they were talking about because it was really fascinating. For someone who voted 98% of Trump, boy, did Trump supporters hate him in Colorado. And Colorado already isn't a big Trump supporting, which led to a real ass beating for poor Cory Gardner, who was like um, <laughs> having to explain at the debate. No, I mean, the Supreme Court thing, because he was one of the rich people who was like, you know, there's a process like we must dignify it. He wasn't just like, we're in power, bitches. Suck it. Which would have probably <laughs> fared better in the state of Colorado. So he was so sad. His commercials rap. You and I, he could have paid us. Half of whoever he paid him to help with these commercials to just tell him not to do any of it. It was so bad. One of them was him washing a car. It's like, why are you doing that? So like he's talking about how corrupt his opponents are. You look like you're just washing his car. I don't, I don't see the visual here, my man. So you and I should talk about that next election cycle if things are going poorly for us economically. That's my election memory. Why is Colby Covington, Tito Ortiz... And, oh, my God, uh, I'm looking at the list. Here it is. Jorge Masvidal. Great. Yep. Uh, Eddie Alvarez. There's the list, Raph. Oh, Gina Carano. Ouch. That one yep. hurts. That one really hurts. Yep. I really liked her in uh, <laughs> Furious 6. Uh, I'll have to check. Raph, 
Why? That's not. That's question one A. This is just a tag on. Uh, I don't. I think it should be question two, right? Answer the question. The people demand oh, to know. Fine. God damn it. I, to- I gave you ten to ask me to come back into this show, and I feel that this is being completely, completely something that you're taking advantage of. All right, fine. One A. <sighs> Kev, okay, first of all, fighters don't become fighters because they can count. They rely on other people to do that for them. Some of them also lose money because they can't count. Some of them also uh, forget what round it is because they can't count. These are just some of the small jokes we would say to these folks. How many of them live in Nevada and work at the election commission? (laughs) Jeez. I feel well, like it's going to be year 18 of Verbal Tap where you're like, great news. Nevada's reported 100% from, oh, my God, the 2020 election? What? What happens is, is when your supreme leader does not concede an election and spouts conspiracy theories of election fraud, which fun. you cannot verify on your trusted sites like eagleorg.com or information of freedom act dot backslash take back the country forward slash wrong. Kev, this is a very, very weird circumstance that you have one guy who is going to spread the fact that there is voter fraud. And when asked to present said voter fraud, holds some kind of press announcement with Rudy Giuliani in front of a dildo shop. Well, you know, so can I, <laughs> I have the good people on the uh, CM Punk is on the Joe Biden train, Raph. So you're vindicated uh, once again in the CM Punk vault of Raph's Hall of Great Predictions, along with Sahir Barudaruzada. Yeah, Kev, it's just... See, a year. I'm so sorry. <laughs> in advance. I think that we're going to be living in an age where... Mike Jackson? The, uh, number 45. Maybe that's what we can just call him at this point. He seems like he's going to take a few days. People are going to have to explain to him he has to get out. It's going to be great. A black woman is going to be able to evict him. We all enjoy that. I would tell you, though, that I feel like he's still going to have some influence and he's still going to be peddling all of this nonsense. And the reason why for Colby Covington is, is that if Colby Covington doesn't have Donald Trump, does he even exist anymore? Well, are you ready? Not currently. That would be awesome. But Are you ready for... To juxtapose Jorge Masvidal sharing a History 101, the Al Gore projected winner. Yes. Which is always a fun history lesson itself. Angela Overkill, Angela Hill, just shared Trump's I won this election by a lot with I want a seven-fight win streak. This <laughs> is super Genius. funny trolling. And Frank Shamrock gives a congrats out to Joe Biden and, and Kamala, so... You know, that's a win, right? Well, yeah, of course. It's a huge win. And let's not forget here, Kev. If you count every legal vote, Mark Hunt, you can also find the people who probably still voted for Tito Ortiz. They had three seats available. 
in this Huntington Beach district. Tees. And guess who was number three? It was the Tito Ortiz. Now, we would congratulate him, except for the fact that, as you mentioned in your selection of folks who have said really dumb shit, um, he did say that California needs to do a recount for Donald Trump. Kev, I know you have the Google handy and available to you. Can you do me a quick solid and see what the numbers are for Donald Trump in California by any chance? You know, I think I can make that happen, Raf. Uh, along with the popular vote, which is right now 75 million to 70 million. Let's do a quick show more. And you know they're going to want to show me California. Wow, this is hard. Where are we at? What, what does it look like to you? Because it seems like it's a very blue color, right? Oh, tremendously. Here we go. I just have to hover over it. Holy smoke. 64.6% of the vote to 33.4. You are not a Trump land. In fact, the Libertarian candidate didn't do horribly. Um, 9 million votes to, let's just round up to 5 million. And it's mm-hmm. not. It's nine one six three to four seven. But Tito Ortiz wants a recount in California. Who may already in his short political career have more gaffes than Joe Biden. Learn from the Democrats' mistakes. Put your money where it matters. <laughs> Don't go against the Mitch McConnell of electorates. Uh, go sue somewhere in Arizona. So yes, um, to a bunch of states, they will not and. At what appears like, but uh, I like MMA that fighters. I like that he's staying in his lane already, though, Rap. He's like, <laughs> look, I don't think I have that kind of reach. I have to stick to my jurisdiction. I demand to reek out. <laughs> to all these MMA fighters and to a select number of certain states or regions, they will not accept the results. And that is due to the fact that a very, very sad, fat person in the office is unable to cope with it so we'll see how this plays out because it's going to be fun one of my favorite things about this is the fact that normally as per tradition the outgoing president invites the incoming president to do a tour of the white house the good news in this case and as was sassily written by one new york times writer is uh, joe's good on a tour he's pretty familiar with that place (laughs) yeah it is an interesting the the rigged the ele- I saw it quickly. It was a weird. Um, I get it. You know, you're upset. Like I remember being a little bit more accepting, just angry at the results. Not specifically mm-hmm. thinking anything had been hijacked, except our current soul. <laughs> so outside of that, uh, it just seemed like the the vote was pretty legitimate. It was quick to see how quickly people went from people don't know how to fill out the ballot in Arizona. It's like, that's a terrible argument. Like you would never let us use that argument for anything. The forms hard to fill out. Like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that can't be your argument right now. And it's like, how are not more people talking about it? I turn on MSNBC and there's people talking about it. The attorney generals mentioned the secretary of States talked about it. It's just ludicrous how quickly some of the social media influenced it but did i miss anything else election wise mma wise worth mentioning jorge masvidal is using hashtag not the resurrection the re-election which i think might have actually cost donald trump florida uh, in some regions i would 
how would he want it? I would have traded. There's a 50% chance if you got me drunk. If Kamala wasn't involved, I might trade Trump for McConnell. Like, if we were rigging. Mm. Yeah. And there's a lot of juxtaposition. It's like, wasn't he supposed to be adult-minded and crazy, and now he's orchestrating some sort of large fraud? <laughs> what are you fucking talking All I about? can tell you, dude, is this. Joe Biden running out during his acceptance speech of somebody not conceding. By the way, I think one of the first times in modern history a presidential elect is actually doing an accepted speech before the concession speech. So that's a fun little factoid. Someone go fact check that one. They didn't, didn't have a phone call. You could tell. No, it's always no. customary for the American people out there. Your brief history 101, as Jorge Masvidal likes to not call it. <laughs> but in this day a... and not history, it's customary <laughs> that you call when it's announced, especially the 270s knotted up and it's not particularly close. And by close, I mean, to give you perspective, Gore was losing by around 500 votes Yeah, in Florida. That was ultimately what decided the election. So, Yes, thank you, Kevin. And I do love the fact that even as we saw these things happen, there was a certain joy in watching Joe Biden run out to give his speech because I said that's the most major flex there is to a fat person that can't run. It's just he can't. He can't run. You're not going to see Trump do that. So that was him <laughs> being like, man, look at this stride. And it's the best old person power walk you've ever seen. So he seemed quite elated and especially hyper elated once they did the fireworks show because it looked like Joe Biden did not get fireworks on the 4th of July because he probably had to socially distance himself from every person <laughs> in the world to stay alive. I love Brian Williams so much. He didn't know what those drones were. Oh, no. That really <laughs> caught him off guard on the broadcast. He's like... Some sort of laser light show. No, I'm being told they're drones orchestrated to fly in a Biden. And it was like, wow, the future is now for Brian Williams. It was fucking great. Oh, Vicky and I had a nice chuckle as we listened to him calling on air. And he definitely had a moment where I said, how many songs are they goddamn playing? They played like 10 songs. A lot of dancing. In a giant I, medley. I forgot they did that. I forgot. Like You always forget that about elections. Because the last one did that whole Men in Black memory flash to us yes. where we forgot what like any joyful. I don't remember <laughs> this much dancing at, the, at any of the Obama Biden no, elections. No. And I would tell you this, Kev. When they got around to closing it out with uh, simply the best for Kamala, you could tell that Joe Biden walked over to her and just goes, hey, I put that one special on the Spotify list just for you. Double finger guns, shades <laughs> on. I just will tell you this, Kev. I know some of you are subscribing to an, an MMA comedy podcast. Some of you might be very angry about this, and I understand that. We've been there. However, there's something interesting that's happening here. You got one guy who's not conceding, and it says that they're trying to steal something from America and that things are illegitimate, has very little proof. In fact, zero proof. And then you got a guy here who's actively saying, hey, listen, I would really like it if maybe we could try to work together on this one. And... I'm not even going to govern as a Democrat. I'm going to govern as an American president, like as an actual American. And if we could stop being so divisive, 
maybe we could get together. And you think to yourself, uh, I still want to go with the guy who says this is all too corrupt and uh, we should really be more divided. I think the answer is maybe, <laughs> maybe this is the time to come join the other side because we're going to go through a real rough time because the next step that happens here is watch what happens when liberals aren't happy with Joe Biden. We know that step's coming. We're, so they're already by the seeds are already being planted <laughs> for internal turmoil for the house thus far have not taken the blowback. Well, finger no. pointings going on. I was like, Oh, that's right. That's what Democrats look like with yep. their charge. Uh, that's the real they immediately, Damn it. Start fighting with each other. I forgot. Oh, <laughs> if you see some of your neighbors Weird. dancing, you don't know why it's because we get one day off. Now. I don't know what the real meme sort of uh little embargo that we have here is but anything funny and remotely <laughs> great about this i'm still putting on for about a month it's been awesome because we've we've lived through a lot it's been really I helpful i will also tell you guys yes we do realize this is the opening of the show but just admit to yourself things have been really shitty the past 4 years and if they were great to you they weren't great to other people so at least acknowledge that and maybe we got a shot at this Fun. And, you know, Chappelle's SNL monologue, Raph, this is my last non-MMA question. Did you see it? What'd you think? I did. It wasn't bad. It was, you know, it's Chappelle doing Chappelle stuff, which is a little intense. <laughs> you know what he's doing at this point? I, I've told people. Preaching. <laughs> he's definitely preaching, but his voice isn't even the same. It's down an octave. It's so much deeper, <laughs> potentially from pot. Who knows? Put these angry whites inside. <laughs> that was such a great. But, we stopped mass shootings. <laughs> I did enjoy that line a lot, by the way. I would tell you, though, that I saw it. I was pleased at the parts I needed to be pleased with. It's He's still a very funny human being. But to me, Chappelle is in this era of being a jazz musician in this late part of his career where he's smoking a cigarette and just playing you a song that goes on for 15 minutes and you go i think that was amazing <laughs> or was it i don't even know anymore i just know i like him so he said a couple things that yeah okay it had a couple notes yeah good so that's really all we need and honestly the degree of difficulty of being funny at a time when a lot of people are happy and a lot of people are not it's hard but some of those jokes, they just landed, and you got to be okay with it. And some of the other ones, if they didn't land for you, guess what? It's a show, and you paid nothing for it. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> I got all I need out of a Chappelle segment. He always – his SNL things have always been like a mini him. So he does yeah. something personal. He does something political, and then he gets like – his little mannerisms where he gets fat at the crowd and the producer – Sorry, Lord. I thought this was a comedy show. I mean, and starts yelling. And Vicky and I both are like, why is he smoking a cigarette? Why is he even doing that? Like, I love it. But he immediately busts out his trademark type jokes. Like, I guess you're allowed to say what he's like. He's smoking a cigarette. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. Like, there are no rules. He's good. Well, the, th the thing that Kelly and I uh, joke to each other is I said, so he's just there for the monologue in one sketch? And she goes, yeah. I go, man, what a fucking 
Cush SNL gig. Uh, I'm going to do part of the stand-up that I've been working on for a bit. It's going to be 10 minutes long. You can't cut me off. I might ad lib. If I do in a sketch, you just fucking eat it. But I'll do one sketch. And if I feel like it toward the end of the night, I might show up for another one. And Lauren just goes, well, okay. I mean, I, right. We, we could do that, Dave. But... You know, the way the show goes, we normally have like five or six. I said one sketch, bitch. And then just gets out of there. <laughs> he, well, you know, he comes out to host. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to take an edible by sketch three. <laughs> and it is so, a yeah. shame, but he, uh, I haven't watched the actual show yet. I just got through the monologue. We did that. The show is disjointed all over the place, but it does what it needs to do. And I'll tell you this. If the payoff was Jim Carrey doing six all over the place episodes of him as Biden, just to get to him ending with a Luhu Zer, worth it. Don't even care. I'm not here for your commentary on Jim Carrey doing sketch comedy like he's not a sketch comedy god. Like, that was exactly what we wanted. And we got it. So... Wish fulfillment, it works. Kev, do you have a number two? Uh, okay, well, so that, that was uh, just to keep myself in check. You son of a look! It, it was two. When I asked about the SNL sketch, one was okay. president, two was SNL sketch, th- a monologue. Excuse me, but Thank that's you. kind of must-watch television. Could be. I'm not talking about the Bachelorette and all the craziness going on there. <laughs> Am I, people? <laughs> By the way. Kelly looked at me during one of the Bachelorette commercials and goes, is he going to be up on this? I need a full report from Kevin. I said, oh, my God. I'm so glad Claire's leaving. (laughs) I've never been more glad someone broke the rules and trapped a beautiful man with potential into what's going to be one brutally high maintenance relationship. I hope uh, (laughs) I hope a man's ready for it. They've known each other for like half a minute and they were like, let's do this. But love is love. If you don't believe in it, what's the point, right? So she out. Tasha's in. Pretty stoked about the swaparoo. A little worried. Tasha's maybe pretty one notish and isn't going to be quite as like, I'm ready to take these men. But we'll see. Some good uh, tatted up guys in there. You never know. Jesus, Kev. I, Sorry. I oh, we're hosting a podcast. I completely. Yes. I. I might have to edit that out. Okay. Khabib is the next Jordan. Where? What happened? I saw a few memes, Raph. I saw a few things on ESPN. I saw some flashes in the two places we resided at a socially distanced meal while on the honeymoon. I saw some things. Okay. I take it Khabib won. I understand and have come to learn he's retired, but the flow of information seemed to seem to suggest it was in a pretty wow factor. He retired in a wow factor, and he's really out for now. What happened? <laughs> in your most Californians-esque voice. What, tell me. <laughs> so, did he take the 405 South Santa did. Monica, catch the breeze, think, oh, I-10, I-5, 
Let's slow it right now. There's something I about Khabib not having a car and still taking all of these freeways that makes me really, really happy. Like, maybe it's a moped that he drives. Uh, Kev, here's what I can tell you. <laughs> we did a little coverage on this last week, but I'm going to kind of consolidate it for you. This is specific just oh, to you. you. I don't know that this, this is specific to anybody else. So, number you one, Khabib wins cheating. Easy. Bastard. We might be united in the electoral results, but we've got some things to work out here at Verbal Tap HQ. Go on. <laughs> Number, uh, what is this? Three. Okay, three. So Khabib won, but it was pretty easy. He went straight into uh, the fire, if you would, and then really prompted Justin Gage to hit him with some shots, and he had a chin on him, and he was taking him down with ease, and at the end of the first round, he was close on an armbar. Now, we'll come back to this in Khabib a second. Khabib was close on an armbar? He was starting an armbar, but he ran out of time. So <laughs> Been there. Then, round two begins. Khabib goes, yeah, I don't want to get punched in the face. How about I just take him down again? And gets it. And when he does get the takedown, he ends up getting a triangle choke, which puts... Justin Gagey out for just a split second. But when Justin Gagey Hot. comes back alive, he does see Khabib overwrought with emotion to the point where he comes over to console him because, of course, there is a lot of talk about his dad. Now, I've never seen anybody get put out to sleep, wake up and go, what the fuck? Oh, I feel bad for him. Come on, man. It's cool. You did beat me. So it was a very strange but very nice moment that really, really tugged at the hearts of a lot of MMA fans. Now let's come back to this again in a second. Uh, at the very end of that, Khabib was crying for a little bit, understandably so, and immediately started taking off his gloves. He left the gloves there. He explained, you know, hey, listen, it was my dad's goal to be a fighter and be a very dominant fighter, but I promised my mom I would only do this last fight. Sounds great. Everybody's good. Lots of talk on if he's the GOAT. I don't believe he is. I would tell you, yeah, okay, he's probably the best in the UFC lightweight division. But in terms of greatest of all time, all over, it's hard to say. And it just doesn't register for me. But quite dominant, quite good. Why did I say we were going to come back to the armbar? What if I were to tell you that the next day, Daniel Cormier said the following two things. Number one, the Khabib, despite needing a towel to get on the scale and looking a little iffy when he went out there, DC, talking about his teammate and friend, said, oh, man, he made that weight easy. Dude, there was no irregularities with his weight, to which I say, hmm, that's the real voter fraud. Mm, I will never believe Daniel DC Tal Cormier with anything he has to say about weighing in. But let's return to the second thing that he said. He talked about the fact that they planned the fact that Justin Gagey wasn't going to tap. He said if he was in the, any kind of trouble, he was not going to tap. And he did in a triangle that put him to sleep, but... The theory was, as posed by DC, who said this is what they were training and this is what they were doing, was that he didn't want to embarrass, meaning Khabib, 
Justin in front of his parents because he didn't want to hurt him. To which I say to you, Kevin, do you think that's true? Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm an optimist again. You know, mm-hmm. I oh, believe it. No. I believe I believe there's a subtle part of that when you're either going to be a killer or not. And I want to give Gacy all the credit for being such a gentleman in such a time of ungentlemanly requirements. And to go to sleep like that really is the icing on the cake because it's such an involuntary act to voluntarily do, you know? Well, you should also know that even when he did tap, he was tapping pretty furiously, and it was a generous, let's see how this plays out. Oh, he's dead. Uh, somebody get the legs. So it did if take he that dies, he dies. <laughs> Very much so. And now, you talking about DC telling the truth there, Kev, is quite nice because if you go back and look at UFC 254, which, by the way, is now available on the ESPN Plus app. We don't get any money from them, but we do get da, money da, from OGPJJGear.com. If you use a promotional code, Grappling Hour, I'm sorry, Verbal Tap 15, you get 15% off of whatever you put. That's a good plug. Kev, Nogi BJJ Gear Gear.com. Gum, 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 gum. Nogi BJJ Gear Gear Gear.com. Gum, gum. Try to get that out of your head. I mean, it's essentially Lady Gaga's telephone, I think. So <laughs> it's fine. I'm sure we can remix the fucks out of that. What love, I would tell you is, Kev, go song. look at that fight that is now available on the ESPN app. And then look at me in the face the next time I see you and say, you know what? He did move away from that arm bar. Or, you know what, Raph, there's no way. He was trying for that arm bar. He just didn't have enough time because he would have broken the fuck out of that arm. Well, fun. Okay. These are small notes, but uh, I presume then, and this is 3.2, is Khabib really retired or is this like a, I don't mean to belittle his announcement, but, you know, it's been the trend to retire so people can take a little break. You can get a lot of money when you unretire. And we're going to be talking about retirement in the next few questions. So 3.2, is he really retired? Kind of? No? What's your take? Depends on who you ask. If you ask your friends around, you say Khabib's a man of principle. He, there's no way that he would even come out of retirement. If you ask maybe some other people, they might say something like, Oof, well, Khabib was never going to give Connor a rematch, so... I believe that because he's in charge of his own destiny. He's always been a weird outside kilter kind of guy, no matter how much money Dana would have thrown at him. But if you ask Dana White that night, man, it was a crazy fight, you know, going out on top, respecting his father's dream. I mean, I always say if you're going to go out and you feel like you're going to go out, you got to go out three days later. You know, I was talking to Khabib. And uh, I think he's going to go for 30 and 0. Yeah, I think after talking with him, everybody's real emotional that night, but that was really his dad's dream. Cut to us making a meme of Marge Simpson as Miss Nurmagomedov going, mm-hmm. So, I, depends on who you ask, Kev. I was uh, pleasantly and unpleasantly surprised. It was like, oh, cool. Because Khabib, to me... I know they were talking about what is he, and he's definitely, I mean, I would rank him as one of the best grappling fighters, just from a, damn, man, like, the guy grapples the shit out of 
really high level people in a tough division to grapple the shit out of people in. So from that perspective, I'm I'm comfortable with it. I, and then it was like, oh, always oh, go, damn. Okay, well I'll hope this is like a a first retirement because I do think we're gonna really. He's kind of like the biggest draw right now, isn't he? Not really. We Ouch. did find out that him and Justin Gagey drew six hundred, let's say fifty thousand pay per view buys, which isn't bad, and especially in today's climate, I don't think it's considered. And it was an early day fight, so for all those things and more, good. Definitely one of the names that they have on their hands, but not the name. Okay. Question four is, did Anderson Silva go with dignity? How did it happen, Raph? I just need, it's like a horror movie. I need to know how it ends before I jump in. Why would you ask me this question? You know how it ended. You know in your heart. You may not have read it, but you know exactly how this story had to end, right? I guess with him getting his ass beat. Well, okay. Question five is, will he <laughs> sign with Bellator? So I don't know if you want to tackle them both, but it yeah. seemed like one of those moments of, hopefully this is the end of Anderson Silva, but Anderson Silva's cut from more of the Michael Jordan cloth where it's like must fight and kill, must fight and kill versus Khabib. Who's like, you know, I'm going to travel. <laughs> I'm going to see the world <laughs> a little bit. Find out what's going on, center myself. Like that's the more like Kevin Durant current approach. It's just a different different era of athlete and it's a real bummer, but did he get just punished? It's Uriah Hall, so you either <laughs> tackle him or you get knocked out, right? Well, Kev, good news and bad news. He made it to the fourth round and there were some vintage greatest hits of Anderson Silva in that fight. It's slower, so it wasn't anything like you said, wow, that's amazing. But he made it a pretty fun fight. If it was a three-rounder, probably would have won. But it was not. It was a main event. <sighs> There's a moment. Anderson Silva slips up, and Uriah Hall knocked him out in the fourth. And I can tell you this. If Khabib had lost, I wouldn't care. I just would have been like, all right, well, you lost, so stick around and have some more fights. Anderson Silva, who does have losses, some of which I've seen live and covered live. You know, this is not the way you want to see him go out, but logically, it's the only way to go out. You might say, is normal. You might also say, oh, fuck, was he dick pills too? Was there steroids the whole time? Is that what happened? <laughs> Did he have two fights left? When asked if he was still going to keep fighting, he said, in UFC, I am done. But, <laughs> wink, Bellator. So all of us know in the back of our minds, it's still possible it's going to go on. I would say getting beaten that deep of a fashion where it looked like after he got hit, he was still trying to complete a single leg on uh, the referee. Yeah, dicey, not super great. I think he really thought about it. He said he has to go home, talk to his team, which means possibly Bellator. But um, it made me feel a certain way in the sense that that's not the way I wanted to see him go out. 
does it logically make sense? Absolutely. It's just a lot to process. So with all that being said, a huge moment for Uriah Hall. They got to talk to each other afterwards. There was a lot of bowing between the two of them. Uriah Hall got to beat one of his heroes. So he had emotions. We compared it a little bit to, and I know this might take you a second to understand, but usually in professional wrestling, you lose your last match. It's uh, said that you go out on your back. And in this particular instance, it did seem to borrow a page from Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels ended Ric Flair's career and famously before super kicking him in the face said the following words. I'm sorry. I love you. Kev, what were the words that Uriah Hall said to Anderson Silva? Was it I'm sorry. I love you. Yes, it was. Oh, wow. Okay. I dig it. Does is Uriah Hall? I mean, you probably already know this. He must be a wrestling fan. I don't know, but here's what I can tell you. I said that live because once I heard that, I go, mm, knew it, knew it, staged. That's how it had to be. Or, you know, think about it like this. We used to joke that when Anderson Silva was in the Matrix and couldn't be beaten, and then of all people was Chris Weidman. We're like, how did that happen? I mean, obviously, props to Chris Weidman. He did it, and it's something we can see. We can go back and revisit. Maybe Anderson Silva was too cocky. But there was the element that has been supported over the years where Anderson Silva, much like GSP or BJ Penn, tells you about the weight that comes with holding on to that championship and says, hey, listen, can someone take this off of me? Because I want someone to just have it. So to me, I thought, oh, you know, I mean, it's a real bad conspiracy theory. But he did just say the Ric Flair shit to him. Hmm. Well, all right. I'm not even mad about that. That could exist. That should just be the world's best coincidence and I have no issue. I said that live on air. You know who motherfucking said that two days later, Kev? Who? Arahuani. So I'm going to tell you this right now. The real conspiracy is that Arahuani needs to stop copying and jocking my shit. We told so him he could go somewhere else. We told him in the lawsuit. He knows. He knows. Granted, grappling hour, MMA hour, dicey. But that, that doesn't even exist anymore. So no one really cares about that lawsuit. I'm just saying he has to stop copying me. End of story. Well, no, no Moss impressed with Ariel. He already knows what he did. He's been yep. listening to this show, hot taking it on his podcast for years. And the ESPN just bought right into it. So... Outside of, I guess five is, we might see him in Bellator. Six, what else did I miss MMA-wise? Anything big I should uh, look up and catch up on? There were some awesome knockouts and fights. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the ones that jumped to mind, but there's definitely, I think, one of the best knockouts I've seen in some time, and I don't remember if you were around for I think you might have just left. But uh, Joaquin Buckley, I think, were you here for that one? I think, yeah, we talked about that one. It was the Mortal Kombat spinning back kicked him and then he was fine. Yes, yeah, so you were here before yeah, yeah. that. That was an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, that became this... the most haunting back kick. Remember, we voted it over the Sella. You're, oh, yeah, you're I Hall. There we go. Talking about fighters. Absolutely. Um, 
Bobby Whitaker looked good against Jared Cannonier. Uh, was beating the fuck out of him there. I would encourage you to maybe watch uh, Casey Kenny versus Nathaniel Wood. I watched that one uh, remotely after the event. So after that pay-per-view, UFC 54. Um, and I watched it knowing it was close, but and kind of knowing what the result was. And I got to tell you, Kev, it was so glorious to not be trying to score a fight and just enjoy it for what it was. And I said, oh, that's that was actually pretty great. So I uh, highly encourage you to go watch that one. And then uh, looking over at some of these other ones, uh, you know, nothing too crazy. Uh, Bellator, Gegard Musasi, he's won again. He's their champion since uh, Lovato let go of that title uh, due to his not being able to compete and be cleared. So there was that. And then over the weekend, I believe it was uh, Barcelos versus Taha. That was a great, great fight as well. I would very much uh, tell you to do it. There are a couple head and arm triangles. I felt like once you left, I had people texting me and being like, ah, it's a mission of the show. And I said, I know, I know. Kevin's not here. I'll tell him afterwards. So now I'm telling you. Hey, <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, okay. Uh, number seven, and this one cannot be overstated. Tito Ortiz is now a member of the government. <sighs> Tito Ortiz is somebody who won out here in Huntington Beach. And I know that a lot of you guys have feelings about California. Let me just say, on behalf of all Californians, we're very sorry. And you really got to know Huntington Beach to know how he did it. But yes, if you are talking about somebody who thinks Q is saying the right things, but also is incapable of saying the right things, you have yourself one Tito Ortiz. I guess this is why it's always funny to me whenever you see people talk about Joe Biden having dementia, which is that – let me get this straight. Uh, the current president – is currently angry and hiding in the White House, barricaded up, because counting is bad. Okay. And then Tito Ortiz is now saying we should get a recount. Yeah, okay. Maybe we should check the source material here, kids, before we go any further. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Kev. That really sucks. We got we to gotta refer to himself as a council member, so... Who knows? Who knows what's going to come of that? But well, for him here on out, Councilman mm -hmm. Ortiz. Difficult. Uh, I guess I assume the Huntington election is always just described by like a fight over by the gym rack outside. It's like, <laughs> who's going to be Huntington Beach's county commissioner? And it's like, oh shit, it's Tito Ortiz this year. Just beats the hell out of the Democratic candidate, who's not bad. <laughs> he was actually a quarterback at USC, a backup, but. <laughs> He's uh, he's good. He's got a great criminal justice reform policy, but a terrible right hook, and just got, got winged in there. And then they lifted kettlebells, and Tito you know, just won. So can hey. I just say there was a real missed opportunity to That's really democracy take... at Huntington Beach. <laughs> there was a real missed opportunity to go ahead and address this by uh, calling yourself a different region's bad person. Be like, uh, he may be Huntington Beach's bad boy. But I'm Pasadena's moderately good person. 
would have really rolled off the tongue. I think that would have been a, a real way to establish yourself. But unfortunately, his seat is in Huntington Beach, so I guess it stands. Well, this is good research for the future. If you keep, you know, your nickname with where you're going to kind of caucus, I think you stand to win your area. Well, I will keep that in mind when I run as the Denver says too much when he's drunk guy. Um, let me go number eight. Chief still winning like crazy, right? Oh, yeah. and I had two sports ones. I had two outside the non-MMA sports <laughs> ones. Okay, what's the second one? I'll answer this one in a second for you. Dodgers! <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! I, this goes way back. I was lo- trying to look at my notes. Uh, I can tell you that the Chiefs only have one loss thus far into the season, Kevin. So I think that is still good enough to say they are rocking and or rolling. Uh, my homies is doing just fine feels really good. What would I tell you about the Dodgers? Well, can't talk about the Dodgers without the Lakers. Can't talk about the Dodgers and the Lakers without Kamala Harris. Like it was a three P. We did it. <laughs> it's a great, great, great sports season for us here in California. Here's what I'm gonna tell you, man. The Dodgers winning. I forgot to actually do that on last week's episode. I actually thought about it. I said, how did I make the whole episode without giving a Dodger nod? Because it's been a while. And I was at least alive for the last time it happened. But now I could really relish it because they've come close and it's been yikes. And yeah, did somebody go out there with a mask that they then took off because they didn't want that to get in their commemorative photo and then maybe was a super spreader event because of that hey you know hey listen it's not the seven inning stretch anymore it's the seventh inning covid test and everybody knows that now and that's just the way the world works also when he did run back out to the field it was me going no don't ruin this for us we want this so bad (laughs) but then i look at that and then i see at the notre dame game about 7,000 people running onto the field. And I just think to myself, this is the new celebration. I mean, I know it's the old celebration, which is to run on the field. And I don't know why you're running out on the field. I don't know what that does. I don't know why you do that. You just feel the need to jump around and get in a circle with people. It didn't make sense before COVID, but it makes way less sense now. So, yeah, but... Other than that small little thing, which has not seemed to really be a bigger difference, which you would think it might have been. It was glorious, Kev. Baseball meant something again. Basketball meant something again. And how are you reacting with the fact that the NBA is gearing up to go real quick back on the force? Uh, excited if as long as the players aren't moody about it. <laughs> the players are going to be like <laughs> tweeting shitty things about work. Right? <laughs> This is fun. LeBron's post about it, which was just kind of a, 
expression emoji where he's blowing off steam when they said short a season back in sports. To me, it's like, take your time. Like, do whatever your $1 million body crew tells you to do. Like, whatever. It's also hard for me because I just think, ooh, does that mean we get to do another fucking championship sooner? Because if so, I'm in. I was, I will tell you quite excited about the news <laughs> i uh, did not get to watch like any of the world series so as i've been catching up with sports i was like all right so the cool thing is we because uh i have sirius i have xm right now i have satellite yeah. so we listen to the chiefs beat the bills so all sports things i got caught up on was like the nba is about to fire off two of my favorite things free agency and the draft immediately and free agency seems like it's gonna be hot fire this year uh, LeBron's peeps like excellent, great, what an awesome start to his <laughs> off season. Spent eight minutes. It's like, of course they're gonna want to go back. They need the. It's a lot of money. And then uh, juxtapose that with I was actually excited about the Dodgers that LA finally did it. It feels uh, like good poetic justice mm-hmm. because there was some wrongdoing there. Yeah, it, it would suck to be a Dodgers fan and have to live through that. I would tell you this though, Kev. Here's a little extra special moment that I don't know that I've fully expressed yet. And I thought I would have told the story, but I have not yet. Did you know that the Dodgers closed it out on what would have been my grandpa's 100th birthday? So to our family, it was a very nice moment of us going, Gramps, I don't know if you exist somewhere else, but if you do and you got some pull, be really nice today. And it worked. So I don't know if my grandpa also, again, former immigrant of this country, had some words that he said that influenced something else that happened this past week. Don't care. All for it. I guess the moral of the story is if there's a Star Wars Ewok celebration scene that happens at the end and you see the Force ghost, I think my grandpa's in there. (laughs) I will. That was number nine. Where will I see your grandpa next? So that's good. <laughs> check that off the list. And that's a hundred percent something I think of so consistently, which is like explaining that to people where they go, "That's a cool story." And I was like, "Fuck you!" It's my grandpa wore a Dodger hat every fucking day. I'm so jazzed that that's a thing. Can I verify it? No. Do I care to? No. It's a great story. And I'm just going to make sure that we continue it on. But for our family, it was especially nice. So. Yes, I understand people may not love Los Angeles right now, but I'm just going to remind you of this real quick, which is that we were the last place to do it, both for this, you know, World Series and a really cool, what is it called? Oh, right. NBA championship in the same year. It is remarkable. Uh, Number 10. Ask me. Well, let me tell you. I I don't know this about you. Have you been to the Grand Canyon? I have. You, it is, okay, you didn't tell me. It is moving. <laughs> it is stunning. It is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So you had the full April Ludgate, Chris uh, Pratt moment where he sees the Grand Canyon and is overcome with emotion. What about it to you was so captivating? You're walking. There's this quiet through the forest that leads up to it. 
and you see it, and there's a vastness. And underneath that are these crevassing, crazy wonderments of deepness that just go into this next valley of, oh my God, how the F do people get down there? Unbelievable. So just a pure, hits you like a ton of bricks, really a once in a lifetime sort of thing. So holy hell, loved it. Loved, loved it. So it's bigger than you can even possibly imagine. So that's how I, I feel currently. Drove down a stupid road to leave it because I trusted some pretty hard-to-get technology service-wise. Luckily, in the appropriate vehicle to do so, but 15 miles took us like an hour and a half to do it. So it was so slow and <laughs> treacherous and mountainous. So had the full RV experience as well, Ref. I can only imagine. And I guess, does that take you to 10? Was that your 10? Yes. Okay. I guess I get two. Number one, what was the best moment of your wedding? The I do's, you know, we did it. We got to then just kind of have a casual little family experience. My sister did the nuptials. My dad played some music. The family helped us get everything ready. It was just a real nice little finality to a fun evening where we were about to start stuffing our faces with a shit ton of barbecue that we're still using through a soup means now, Raph. We did some freezing <laughs> and it. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, the, on urbanpoorpeople.com. We'll continue to tell stories. Oh, no. There was, uh, you know, just a lovely family event. So it was beautiful. It was at sunset out here. We had all the lights. We had family. We had dogs. That was, uh, that was the best part. Was it weird? This is actually 1A. Was it weird with the COVID whole situation? Because I know that you had to kind of scale things back. Obviously, we mentioned previously, I would have loved to have been there, but you made the very smart and wise decision to kind of scale it down. It was so weird. It was very weird because everybody's here. And it's like, it's a wedding. It's 12 of us. Hey, uh, you know, we still people did do some distancing, especially people. That, and there was still lots of mask wearing. Um, but it's weird. Yeah. We had to cut everything. We had to cut. We didn't like even have a caterer. I just went and picked shit up. Like we, <laughs> so my thanks. That's where it's great to have a family. My brother-in-law, my El Cunado was heating up the barbecue and getting everything ready to serve. So right after the ceremony, he bolted in to get that ready so we could do that next. And it's, it's sucks. Uh, cause you know, you, the big the best part of any good wedding is you get to have like your friends together for a crazy dance party. Your dance party at your wedding was fucking unbelievable. It was epic. It was exhausting. It was so much fun. Like, I got tired. <laughs> yeah. That is the unfortunate part about having a wedding is that you do only get like a certain amount of time with everybody. So there were moments when I'd look at people and be like, uh, you are scheduled at 940 on the dance floor. If you miss it, it's fucking your fault. People would just be like, I got to keep dancing. And I was like, that's right, motherfuckers. We I paid for this shit. I to dance with Monty all night long. Like that's my, That was my dream. <laughs> <laughs> now, I guess the reason why I ask if it's weird is because you have the weird element of normally when you put on, say, a show or in this case, a wedding. There's a crew that puts on the show 
And then people who walk in, they're the audience. They get to kind of spectate that. Those people are so helpful. Here, it was almost like a double billing where the people were putting on the show and then being like, well, I'll seat myself. Now time to enjoy it. All Correct. Right. We built I've got to go do the thing now. We built the arches. I was so the barbecue guy, you would enjoy this fucking barbecue guy. They were a little late. Look, it was delicious, but they were about 14 minutes behind schedule. I was picking it up at 4:30. I was like, "Well, if you're going to drop it off 5:15, if we're going to pick it up 4:30." They're like, "Okay, perfect." I was like, "But that's you know, we're serving close to that." So, 5:30. <laughs> 4.30. And they, it was like 4, 4.46. I'm like looking at them. They're like, can we get you a drink? It's like, fuck no. I gotta drive across town. I can't get a DUI on my way. Come on, damn it. So, real fun moment of me white knuckling. I was like, are we close? They're like, yeah, we're really close. So weird. Uh, and I even got a text from Vicky that's like, everything okay? We almost messed with her because I was with our one of our, our friends who was helping, our, fa- our family friends that was helping. And uh, we almost texted like, hey, can't find Kevin. Need to need to push. No. But we were it was like, no, no, we're not stupid. We're not trying to office wedding the old-fashioned way by me being a jerk. So didn't do that, but came back, got ready. We did the balloon arch. I was everywhere. We hung the lights, so it was a real family effort. I bought a lot of food that week. That's good. Well, the pictures look lovely, so kudos to your friends and family members and your photographer for supplying those. That was very, very heartwarming to see, especially as we were getting close to the end of election. I think there was something that happened that day politically that I just came home and I go, that's so fucking, aww, yay, that's nice. <laughs> well, famously, it was only family, um, Vicky's, Vicky, one of Vicky's brothers passed away. Alcoholism's a bitch and it's drug and struggling. We see you. We're here for you. They, uh, so she had her best friend here. So that was the only, and her husband was also the photographer. So they had a double threat of masked up help and they were extremely helpful. So it's always good to have like, uh, you know, your small, your, your best lady there. And you know, it's ultimately my wife's day as, as you can also remember. So mm-hmm. did a great reveal. She had to take her shoes off halfway through it. Big win. And then we still did some dancing the night away in the backyard. People did get an interesting stare. Cause it's like an urban downtown city environment where our back, our backyard faces Rocky's parking, which has become like just a <laughs> COVID park where people walk dogs and rollerblade a lot. Rollerblading's back. I think I mentioned it, but rollerblading. I don't think is, so, but okay. Rollerblading is back in Denver. <laughs> no. It is. It is here. So people were just walking out all of a sudden and be like, there's people watching. It's like, I can't see it. I'm sorry. That's great. So I had a lot of uh, lot of fun. Well, this leads me to, I think, my second question, which was, um, what was your favorite moment during the honeymoon? I know that you mentioned the Grand Canyon, but um, did you have a particular great moment when you had the two weeks off and you got to just be away from it all? We did... 33 hours of driving total, 3,000 miles, four states, six campsites. My, it's tough because we, at Elephant Butte, which is this gorgeous reservoir in New Mexico, we got in the water, which I had been there previously with my family on a houseboat. We just did an awesome vacation when I was younger. So we went back to that. 
Obviously, COVID played a role in our honeymoon, too. It was in a travel trailer, not the south of France, which would have been the desired location. So, you know, what what can you do? We uh, definitely scaled back some budget things so we could we could continue on with our, our lives and stay safe and not uh, worry about all of the things going on right now. And then the Grand Canyon, man. But we also, Sedona was beautiful. Sedona, Arizona, we went on a nice hike into the desert with uh, not enough water, but we just went and crushed it. It was a spiritual vortex raft, so we like to think mm. that and the dancing in the naked moonlight I did on the full moon of Halloween is what reversed the election. I single-handedly mm. think I helped fix the energy in Pennsylvania. So, Well, between my grandpa and your moonlight dancing, I, I think we really have covered just about everything. I would tell you this. I think that it is wonderful you got to do that. I understand the scaling back of a honeymoon. Totally not something that sounds great. But if you really want to put things in perspective, and again, they don't have your special day on this particular thing that you would probably understand in just a second. But when I reveal it, it'll make sense. If you ever really want to feel better about something, watch any of the game shows that were filmed before any of the COVID that not only have audiences, but participants who win trips on those shows and then ask yourself, I don't think they're going to get to take that trip. It's not going to go well. So when they tell a woman who has five kids, who goes, you know, Elizabeth Banks on press your luck. I've got five girls and we love Disney and we just bond over Disney. And Oh my God, we want Disney cut to Kelly on the couch going, girl, you ain't going to Disney. (laughs) And it's just so sad. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's a little bit for everybody right now. But what I can tell you is, as you mentioned, special days, definitely more sides for the wife. It just sounds like it was a great day and that you guys got to be happy and that your family was there. And honestly, that is key. And that is so nice that it happened for you, man. So I'm very happy for you and Vicky. Congratulations. Thank you. You wrote you wrote nice notes. So we uh, we certainly felt the love, even though it's global pandemic. <laughs> and, you know, seven I mean, million Americans I'll put it to still disagree. So our, I know yeah, you can't, you, just because you're over it doesn't mean it's over. I would say to our <laughs> friends who are listening, especially because we have somebody directly involved with, you know, your side and my side who kind of help people at a very particular time. So they kind of see it right up front and in the face. So when people say it's fake or that it's not something that affects us, it does. And that's just us having people. That's not even talking about civilians or people that unfortunately have bad things going on in their lives as a result of this. What I would say though is Kev, what's always been very nice is every time I've gone to Denver, we've always had great food and partying and booze it's just a matter of when and that's it. We're going to have one of those times and we'll make up for lost time later. But uh, by all accounts, it was so great. And I like just so people know the dynamic that happens on this show is, is that I am very, very uh, detail oriented in terms of when do you want to go? What time? Let me figure this out. This was me leaving Kevin alone in the most relaxed of way of being like, 
like a wild animal returning back to his surroundings. He will message me when he is here. <laughs> I've returned. Uh, it took a day to sober up, but made it. <laughs> Pagosa Springs, I love you. Um, Raph, I think that'll do it for us, right? That's the show. We're back. It's nice. Hey, we missed you for two weeks. It was... Electra, we're out of jail, everybody. No more purgatory. <laughs> it was very interesting to host two shows. And I got to tell you, the people that we brought on for Over Under Kevin Without Kevin were Dan Tom and Keith Kikorian. And if you want to know the result, it was uh, Keith Kikorian 2, Dan Tom literally everything. Jeez. Okay. So I told Dan Tom that he has won the honor of coming back on the show to take on you in the future. And he is very excited about that. And Keith was very excited about, well, not excited, I guess. Keith only got two? Yeah, I think it was two. And in fact, I actually stopped counting. How did he accidentally not get four? (laughs) Four is, I'm going to eat candy corn in his honor. (laughs) Two? (laughs) Ah. Sorry After to the people. I'm sorry Dan to the Tom was running up the scoreboard. I just stopped counting for Keith and I said, I think it really is too, but I'm just gonna not do him the service of telling him how many because it got real bad and real quick. Like we're talking these were California election result numbers where I go, Oof, we don't even need to tell you it's at ten percent. You know how this went. Call it California goes for Biden. I would tell you this though, Kev. Uh Keith's punishment, they made a food bet. And the food bet was if Dan lost, he was going to have to eat 50 McNuggets. Ooh. And Keith, <sighs> when he lost, and Dan, credit to him on this one just for this mere fact, which was he asked him what his favorite restaurant was, like fast food restaurant. And Keith said, Oh, I like a Jack in a Box. And he goes, Cool, you're oh. going to eat 20 tacos. And Keith goes, okay, well, I like tacos. And then when it finally dawned on Keith that he's going to have to eat 20 tacos, he goes, man, I don't know. 20 tacos is a lot. That sounds like a bad idea. I thought, Keith, you're willing to end Dan Tom's life. Like, can you imagine? I said, Verbal Tab Legal is going to make sure that we have to put out a release that says we are not responsible for this bet. And if Dan Tom wins, we have made him sign a release already. That's an impressive amount of McNuggets. I'm trying to think of what my number would be. I think I could crush 20 without like having to really focus. So I think I think with a little effort, I could easily get into the 30s, don't you? Where are you at? I, I know I can do 20 easy. It's just... <laughs> you and I are such fat kids. It's it's... Like, it doesn't even... There's a benchmark. There's got to be a lot of people like, you could eat 20 McNuggets like, without fucking thinking. Yes, I can crush 10 for a snack. Pretty sure if I finish this show, I could go out and get it right now and be like, well, I guess I'm kind of full. You and I do the 50 McNugget challenge. It's like, that's not a thing. It's like, we made it a thing. <laughs> but I got to tell you, Kev, it Check out what we do next. The minute you left, they start getting into a food bed as I go, oh, man, it is good. Kevin's not here because I just couldn't have my conscience think that adds a lot of cholesterol and I'm not OK with it. But if you guys are. And what you're can talking I do? to a guy who's about to use some wedding money to purchase a rowing machine because <laughs> it is holiday wait season and 
All the gains made have been barbecued off, Raph. Yep. Well, Kev, I think the show is now back to normal. We're happy to have you back. Everything is going to return back to our normal weekly endeavors of nonsense so we can get back to reporting. Guess what? I looked up the schedule. Fight scheduled all the way till December 21st every weekend with the UFC. There's also a combat jiu-jitsu later this month. They've got a hot fire submission underground. And if you want me to give you a little preview of that as we start to segue off, I think it's important. But here's what you should know. The submission underground is going to be Satoshi versus Mason Fowler. And then you've got Lowen versus Spencer, which is nice. But this submission underground, Kev, is going to have Ryan Bader versus Derek Lewis. It's going to have one Hunter uh, Johnson versus Fabricio Verdum. Shut up. Then it's going to have Donald Cerrone versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Damn. Okay. Oh, this is an awesome submission underground. There's a lot of people I want to watch grapple in that list. So even if you think to yourself, those sound like weird matchups for a couple of those and not in particular one. Um, Yeah, you might be right. But that's kind of cool that we have some star power on this one. And they're not even the co-main or main. So at the very least... It's going to get us some more people who are going to have some passing interest, and I, I welcome that. So congrats to Submission Underground for saying they were going to close it off with a big card, and they are not lying. So Submission Underground, that one. We've got Sin City Submissions coming up in a month. I think Submissions on the Shore is doing a show. Um, we're not short on shows. So we've got a lot of work to do uh, to close out the end of the year. But I will tell you this, Kev. I was going to leave the last of the show. The last question was originally supposed to be, um, you know, do you have any departing words for Donald Trump? But then I realized, you know what? We might get to save that for another episode come, I don't know, January 20th or so. So we'll we'll start spinning the wheels on that because that seems I was like, like I have some, we have two more months together advice. Calm it down, buddy. Losing <laughs> sucks. Take a deep <laughs> breath. You're almost done. It's golfing and ranting on TV for you, my man. Just but if you guys enjoyed this one, there is the potential that maybe we can do a roast of some sort or a greatest hits. Actually, lack thereof of Donald Trump. We'll talk about it more, but it might be something that we kind of go out the wheelhouse of, of MMA that we do as we do every once in a while. It's going to feel good not to hear about Amarosa on MSNBC, won't it? Uh, that sure would be nice. Like Jared Kushner's face won't be on the New York Times website. It's going to be fantastic. You'll love it. Trust us. Like, it's going to be okay. Love it. Uh, that'll do it for us here at Verbal Time. Kevin, thanks for listening. Good night. And good marriage. Please note, the new number is...